Hello, friends. Welcome. We're on that magical quest, finding them goddamn balls of yours. Hope it's going well. My name is Jeff Stuckey. Shotgun position as always. I am taking the week off from the weight of my shaman. Wow. Yes. It's too much pressure. Uh, it's going to be a fuck be. up today. I'm the, I'm the <laughs> Jeff Stuckey the fuck up. Now, some people are now thinking, well, Jeff, I think you're always a fuck up. And <laughs> that's why you and I aren't friends, whoever's thinking that. But anyway, Greg Allen, hands on the wheel. I don't mm -hmm. know. Hopefully you're not going to assume this fuck up position as well. Because no. that could make for a shit show. But I'm not opposed to a shit show. Right. Of course not. But no, yeah. I I am. So, All right, fair <laughs> so we're going to try and keep this as uh, entertaining and informative as possible. Okay, that's cool. So we have an interesting uh, dilemma, shall we say? Okay. That we both have attempts at small talk today. Yeah, how does that work in real life? Well, I'm about to find out. Okay. So I guess we'll, we'll give, both of us will give our small talk mm -hmm. and... Then the listeners get to be to right. get to decide who is more effective at it. All right. Well, from all I know about small talk, is that, or not all of it, but it's like it's an aggressiveness. It's an over talking kind of an idea. Like it's not like you're asking somebody for stuff. It, there's no receiving. It's only giving. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, let me do, let me try my first step at it. Look what I'm doing right now. I'm talking over yeah. you because I see you already say. But I so. got my ass chewed I, out about this. Oh gosh, I, I can't wait at this. Right. <laughs> Dude, come on, <laughs> fucking professional. Somebody uh, did like send me a long email about the uh, importance and effectiveness of small talk, mm -hmm. and it was long. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of and missed. I'm like, first of all, why did you think I would read all of this? Yeah, like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. And then secondly, it wasn't. I don't like small talk. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah, I didn't say it was a <laughs> social malignancy that needed to be stopped. I just simply said, I don't like small talk. Right. right. But I didn't respond. I, I said, thank you for your feedback, which mm -hmm. I can't imagine. Because when you send somebody like a five yeah. pager yeah. and you give like a three word response, like, thank you. I think they yeah. know that yeah. I did not read it. Right. And <laughs> But I didn't want to. I didn't want to say your entire premise is totally flawed. Mm -hmm. If you want to small talk, go fucking talk to whoever you want to fucking right. talk to. <laughs> Don't I do it with I you. I didn't say that. I just said thank you for your feedback. Yeah, and I think you did say that. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, all right. So uh, we flip a coin. Or are you just gonna you gonna launch this? Uh, Let me try it because I think it fits today. Oh, okay. So. Um, Mine doesn't, so oh. <laughs> all right, we'll just see. Here you go. Ready, yeah. set, go. So uh, the days I have a little bit of trouble with are the mornings where I see my friend uh, in the neighborhood, my neighbor who I care for with the meds and all that yeah. mentally challenged, buddy. Uh, so I spend time talking with him in the morning, and then I get in my car, I drive four blocks, and then you and I talk. So on those days, it's kind of tough. It reminds me of, and I know you didn't do this in your Porsche, but when you miss a gear <laughs> and yeah. you grind a little oh, bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. or sometimes I've even gone from, from fourth to sixth or something, whatever, you know, where it's yeah. like, what happened here? You know, I don't know why I would do that. But anyway, that's what it feels like. 
you know, so I got to readjust. It's like, oh, I had this one conversation, and here's one guy trying to outsmart me to get another $2 out of me. <laughs> and then I'm going to go talk to another guy who I want to, who I respect the, the intellect and, and passion of, and I want to listen to that too, you know, but it's like a different listening. Now, today you're making it easy for me. because I just talked to him, <laughs> and oh, yeah. I come here, and you're telling me that you're taking off your shaman hat. Oh, yeah, no so, pressure today. So Bar is fucking low today. Yeah. <laughs> so I should have brought my buddy in. We could have all three talked. God damn, what would that be like? That would be wonderful. He's always got good insight. Would you, would, we should do that. We should at least record it. No guarantee the public that we'll release it. Yeah. But I think recording that would be magical. Yeah, we're going to have to pay extra because you get him. To, all you got to do is listen or make oh, yeah, yeah. eye contact. He'll talk forever. God damn, yes. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get that done. <laughs> all right. Um. Okay, so here's my small talk. And it, it's 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 small talk, but it's also a public service announcement and it's also a question about human behavior. Okay? All right. And so construction merging. Okay? So on my way to work, there's a there's a where it funnels down to one lane, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's an it, it's a main thoroughfare, so there's a lot of traffic, right? Now I know <laughs> where the actual merge is, mm-hmm. right? And but people are lining up single file, and this is probably a gross overestimate, but at least a mile and a half. Mm away from where it actually merges down to one lane. Mm-hmm. And so people are just continuing. So it just, it's this weird fucking thing. It's almost like the wave in a stadium where people are just like suddenly <laughs> filled with this urgency to get over to the other lane. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I've got two lights and then a long stretch uh-uh. before we actually get to where it merged. Yeah. So do I want to get no. in this four-mile, single-file <laughs> long line, or do I want to drive up to where the merge actually is? Yeah. So I think we both know the answer to that oh, question, absolutely. right? Yeah. So go up, to the, go up to the first light, still another light away from where the actual merge occurs. 10,000 cars in the fucking right lane. <laughs> Lonely old me sitting at the stoplight. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. you know what human <laughs> beings are doing? Like, collectively, right? Yeah. They're all turning against me. Right, right. That motherfucker, who does he think he is? And so I'm just sitting there, and but I can feel their hate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, guys. Join me. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can cut this eight-mile-long line down, and it's kind of like a zipper. Have you ever yeah, zipped yeah. up your pants? <laughs> like, it act this. it's very, very effective. Fuck no. They are that dude. Whoever lets him in is a moral failure. <laughs> so... Light turns green. We take off. 
the guy next to me, man, he's, and they're all like, <laughs> I don't know if they're using like their Jedi mind tricks or mm. whatever, but they're all communicating. So he's on the fucking gas, right? Mm. And he's like, he gets in front of me and then the people are like catching up and they're, <laughs> so we're going, now we still got another motherfucking light to yeah. go through, right? Yeah. So we get there, right? But now it's now it's starting to get a little more critical because the the there's a turn, there's a stoplight, mm-hmm. and then people are making a left turn, and it's a little congested. It's dicey on the other side, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I'm now confronted with, well, but I'm like, stick to your guns, okay? <laughs> okay, because yeah. it, it, it I don't study traffic, but. When you form a single file line that is eight miles long, and then you get in this battle with the bastards that don't get in the line, that it's like, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> so I get up there and like they're all committed and they're like, and it's almost like they're gonna run it. They'll run, rear end each other to keep me the fuck out, right? Yeah, yeah. That bastard, he's gonna have to wait in this single file long line. So there, and so I just have to commit to it, and I'm trying to merge over. Unfortunately, there was a state policeman there. He had lights on and shit, and so I like did my grandpa turn signal, and yeah. I did the big wave and all of that kind of stuff. And I look back, and I can't there. Like these people are now committed to whatever evil person that mm. wouldn't go to the end of the line. Mm. What the fuck, people? Merge. <laughs> Just goddamn let people in. It'll actually make it quicker for you. What the fuck? I think okay. that's. A, I don't know if <laughs> well, that's. That was good. Is that small talk or was it a public service? It's certainly a question about humanity. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm not going to go there just yet. But as far as small talk, it hit on a lot of things. It definitely wasn't short, but I think Uh, you compensated because it was such such a waste of time. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was great, that part. Oh, so the deeper, like, hidden things that humans need to wonder like why the fuck would i do things this way that's not no i love that and oh, okay. i would i would want to but talk that about, probably goes beyond small talk it does uh, and, it, uh, and it goes so we can't solve that problem then it would no longer then it would be productive talk it's just yeah. i just have to bitch about yeah. it. yeah now it was interesting so the the length of it, it we wouldn't have i wouldn't have tolerated it you know had it not been interesting and engaging oh, okay good so that's what made it I mean, in your mind, made it very valuable because if I'm the guy sitting here, I talking- didn't give a fuck. It was like, <laughs> um, for me, the value was if I could liken it to just got to my office and really have to piss. Mm-hmm. I just had to piss so bad. I don't care what else is going on. Yeah. It'd be kind of like that yeah. on an emotional level. I see that. That's I just good. Had to piss. Wow. It's like, it's probably going to be a long piss because <laughs> I drank a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> I'm just going to keep pissing. And at the end, you just flush, and that's yeah. it. And then Eric's probably going to cut this whole thing out. And oh. then I'll be like, where's my fucking small talk? I know. We don't solid. have a time for a podcast. <laughs> no. Well, good good talking with you guys. Hope you have a good weekend. <laughs> and uh, uh, the ball scratcher of the week is merge, man. Fucking merge. <laughs> Let people in like merge. That's it. Yeah. Learn to zip your pants. All right. Cool. So all right. Uh, anyway. All right. 
get us get us back on track. Yeah, okay. On track, perhaps. So it's it's kind of difficult to get into a topic like this today. It's very necessary, but this is heavy. Uh, today, I, I want to ask you something about suicide, especially how it affects men uh, in the United States. It just seems like I'm not saying it's at epidemic proportions, but it's such a serious problem with with tragic consequences and. Uh, in my mind, one of the worst things about it is it seems like it's preventable, right. you know, not, not 100%, but at some level. And the other thing that's interesting, and this is just, this is a non-provocative statement. I hope it doesn't come across provocatively, but disproportionately white men, mm-hmm. you know, which is a little bit like when you look at that statistic, and I don't know, maybe in the day and age that we, we live now, people are like, good fucking white men. They ought to be blowing their fucking brains out. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but it just, it suicide in men and suicide, in, the disproportionate amount of white men, again, it's concerning in all races, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a, a disparity there that is a little bit counterintuitive that mm-hmm. you would not think oh, well, white men are the best ones at killing themselves. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem well, like that would yeah, be the case. And, um, and that, that article in um, Psychology Today, uh, Dr. Whiteley, mentioned that that's part of the problem with white men is that they don't. there's no sensitivity towards that. It's like there's almost an adverse... Um, problems? You ain't got no problems. Right. You're a white man. What the fuck could be wrong with you? Right. So, yeah, so not only is it the fact that you're white, possibly middle class or whatever... That there's no empathy, but also there's no, well, I don't say no, but the programs are lacking in addressing men's specific type needs. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So in my view, the bigger picture is not so much the 35,000 men that we're losing each year from that, but the underlying causes that may be the iceberg, you know, under the tip. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh because those underlying causes are, are always out there. And you've talked about them a lot, you know, that the stressors in men, right. um, you know, specifically the um, uh, orientation to reality, success, power, and achievement, and then the, the lack of ability to communicate emotions, right. and then definitely the lack of connection. Well, we're not, you know, it's, we're not, you know, we're, we're programmed at a very young age that, you know, big boys don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about or, mm-hmm. you know, just those kinds of things that condition us to believe that, you know, feeling any of those vulnerable emotions is wrong, is bad, mm-hmm. is defective. Mm-hmm. So that's a certainly a, a significant, um, very, very significant contributor. And the, the other one de- being... It's interesting because when you look at other cultures, you know, you don't have to look very far to see that, I mean, in the African-American culture, European cultures, men support other men mm-hmm. and they're physical, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they're, they physically touch each other. They're, they embrace, you know, for, for us, we embrace at, sporting events, you know, mm-hmm. or a concert or something like that, but it's a rarity. Yeah. And, uh, but they, as a, a matter of daily practice, they physically touch They're you know, to see men from other cultures walking arm in arm or, you know, just 
giving each other that support of physical touch is a very, very common thing. And mm-hmm. it's very foreign uh, for yeah. us. And it seems like that, that touch factor would allow the vulnerable emotions to right. emerge more easily. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, think about it. How much physical comfort, can I'm talking specifically about comfort, comes through physical touch. Oh, yeah. You know, especially when someone's in dis- distress, you know, distress really e- exposes the inadequacy of verbal communication. You know, mm-hmm. it's like in the wake of a death or some tragic event, there's only stupid shit to say, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. There's right. nothing, there's not a fucking magic sentence that's going to make it better. Yeah. And it's that, you know, that one, I'm going to fuck this up, but I do think it's funny, like never in the history of needing to calm down has someone calmed down by being told to calm <laughs> yeah, down. Right, right. You know, it's that it's it's just but but the physical comfort. I mean you think yeah. of a child when you scrape your knee or Tina breaks your heart or whatever and mom you know, just mommy hold me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. How the the centrality of that in childhood development and then the absence of that in our adult life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know this is slightly different because it involves a, a, you know, male and female type thing. But one time one of my adult daughters went through something very tragic emotionally. I didn't know it. She just shows up at the house. And when she walks in, I could tell something was wrong. And it's like, oh, no, I hope my wife is here because I don't know how to deal with this. And I didn't even know what it was. So I just hugged her. You know, and then that—that's what she needed. I mean, she she felt great after not great, but she was able to get through it after that. And uh, and she sent me a card recently. It reminded me of that event years ago. She was like, I remember I walked up and you just held me, and that just made me feel so much better. Thinking, wow, I'm glad that worked because I didn't have any words. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that I mean, yeah. In in that, we often get caught up with in our own insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. And so we say something that is more for our own feeling a sense of adequacy. Oh, right. And then it always just fucks it up. Yeah. And we don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've learned about, you know, because suicide as, you know, dealing with suicide, uh, as a therapist is an occupational hazard, right? It's something... Uh, and it's funny because we, we, we do a lot of interesting things that I, I don't, I don't really understand them, but you know, suicide assessment, you know, yeah. like Greg, are you having thoughts of hurting yourself? <laughs> if you were going to hurt yourself, Greg, how would you hurt yourself? Yeah, yeah. Do you have access to this means of hurting yourself? <laughs> You do. Yeah. Wait right here, Greg. I'll be right back. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to go call 911 and put yeah. your ass in the hospital and mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But one of the things, and I, you know, I predominantly work with men um, and, have, and that's my particular interest. But as I have learned about suicide in men, it, it, there is an in, it's an interesting pattern, right? you know, a common, a common thing that we talk about now is echo chambers, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the algorithms of social media and that kind of shit, 
they create echo chambers, which means they learn what we like mm-hmm. and they just feed us what we like, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh, you want to, you like that? Well, here, and oh, you think that way? Well, we'll give you more of thinking that way, that sort of thing. Um, it's been a little bit disrupted given the age of censorship that we live in now, but but largely, you know, we understand the concept of echo chambers. And mm-hmm. so what I have found with a lot of men and a lot of men who have struggled with suicidal ideation, thoughts of killing themselves, common, more common, like most of us think about it at some mm-hmm. point, like, eh, I think I'm ready to check out of here or some version of that, right? And, but then men who have gotten to the point that they are ready to act on it, they kind of become their own echo chamber, right? They don't have any other information coming in, and they develop a very sound personal logic that leads to, of course, I would kill myself. And because the logic, this event, this event, this event, this event, of course I would kill myself. So now it's logically consistent. Yeah. Right? It's, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And then there's a, re- a relief to it. Yeah. And it ends my distress. It ends my pain. It ends my suffering. And because of our inability to access and express those vulnerable emotions mm-hmm. and then receive any sort of physical comfort mm-hmm. from a, another male, mm-hmm. then we get lost in that echo chamber. And it just, it our Thoughts then continue, you know, confirmation bias is a bias in research, but it's just like we all start looking for information to prove what we already believe, right? So that's Mm -hmm. confirmation bias. So now I have this logical progression that says, well, killing myself would somehow favor, you know, I've had clients that struggle with incredible depression and the weight of their depression weighs on their family Mm -hmm. and their family is now feeling the impact of that. And so oftentimes in the midst of that, right, what's the most loving thing that I could do? Well, if I kill myself, then my family doesn't feel the weight of my existence anymore because it's, it's long-term, right? Yeah. If I continue to live in this, then that's their suffering is ongoing. Mm -hmm. My suicide would at least be terminal to that. Mm -hmm. And therefore, yes, they're now out of this long-term suffering they get to move on and enjoy life without the weight of worrying. So that's that's an example of kind yeah. of that logical progression yeah. where it's not, I'm not saying that there aren't instances where it isn't impulsive, mm-hmm. 
but especially in the, I mean, when you look at the demographics, like mm-hmm. men 75 and older is like the highest demographic. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. So they're, you know, they're 75 years old. You know, our identity is hunter-gatherer and success-power-achievement orientation, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm shitting myself or, you know, whatever. I don't have any value. I'm not contributing yeah. significantly in any way. What? Yeah. Society doesn't need me. I'm not particularly enjoying this. And and that's that's more the experience that I've had with men who get stuck in just kind of ruminating about suicide. And it seemed like that that cycle or that pattern of logic, it would be disruptive by some kind of connection. So if you had a connection with another person, then not only would, would you realize, oh, I am valuable, and, maybe, and, and if you got a hug <laughs> or any kind of positive affirmation, you can feel like I'm valuable, I'm lovable, and that, that could disrupt that whole train of thought. Right. You know? It, and it's tricky, right? All right. Because the, the key to connection is validating another person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this person, I've been over here, I've got this narrative, right? And I've got this perfect logic that says, and then of course I'd kill myself, right? So oftentimes the natural inclination is to say, no, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm in this state, right? Of confirmation bias where I'm looking for information that validates Uh, what I believe, right? So the second that you say to me, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's right. Fucking idiot. I know. And then you cut them out of the input. You don't understand. You don't, because you don't, right? Right. Because I've got this logic that I have created. And so oftentimes my attempts again, come from my own feelings of insecurity, my own feelings of inadequacy. But what you say is exactly right. The key is creating a sense of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the words aren't even that important. It's the fact that, because the, the person could kind of override those words or dismiss them. But if you have the connection and, and if you, um, you have some kind of way to experience a, a value between people, then, I mean, that, that kind of negates that logic that says I, I, I have no use here. Right. Yeah. And when you, that's exactly right. And the, the greatest words to create a sense of connection. I don't know any better than me too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, I've been there. My thoughts have gotten to where that felt like that was, the only, the only way out, and I couldn't find a way out of those thoughts. Yeah. Now, most people would be scared of that level of vulnerability or that level of connection. Mm-hmm. But what's the obvious truth? If I say that to you in this moment, me too, I've been there. I've got lost in those thoughts where I thought that was the only way out. Mm -hmm. What's obvious 
I'm talking to you, so I found a way out. <laughs> That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah, there's a solution. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Most people want a way out. Yeah. Most people want some hope, but there's not a level of trust there mm-hmm. until there's that connection that if I just say to you, now, Greg, you know you don't want to do that. Now, come on, bro. Yeah. You, buddy. Now, let's give me three things that, that you're really grateful for, Greg. What do you like? Give, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm yeah. not saying that there's not value in that, but in, in this sort of a context, when somebody has that personal logic and they've, they're looking for the confirmation bias, but I jump into that and I connect. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait, you're, you didn't kill yourself. Why the fuck yeah. didn't you kill yourself? Yeah. And it's like, it was a struggle. Yeah. And there were several days where I thought, well, maybe today will be the day. And then I went through the next day and I thought, well, and so each day I found a legitimate reason to face that day. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do want to see my kids this afternoon. And, you know, in in instance, you know, it's been probably 10 years ago where I was like, went through some tough shit coming out of my divorce and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you come out of... When you come out uh, of an evangelical Christian environment and you divorce and you, you, it's the it's the quintessential failure, right? And then when your entire support system consists of a certain tribe, right, and you've already done something like piss off the God of the universe by getting divorced and all of those kinds of things, and then your tribe rejects you. Yeah. And then there's questions about who you are. And it's like, well, I'm the same fucking person I was yesterday. I just got a divorce. But it doesn't work like that, right? So then you go into this space where, okay, I've done this thing that was so fucking hard to do. And I had a lot of insecurity and doubt about doing it. And all the people that I thought had been there for me minus Greg Allen, <laughs> said, we really don't give a fuck, dude. We're, you're now dead to us. Dude, that that fuck with your head, bro. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'll fuck with your head. Yeah. Gosh. That's tough, man, because you and, lose the whole support system that could have got you through it. Yeah, and I guess if I, if I were going to give, you know, and this is a topic that we'll revisit. I mean, we're just scratching the surface because it – is a heavy topic and you know, we don't want to hit it too hard to where guys are like, well, I never, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I didn't. <laughs> it's like, it, it, you know, but just giving guys some license to be there for other guys mm-hmm. and don't be afraid of connecting. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to say some stupid fucking positive, like, blah, 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 whatever, what would it, <laughs> you know what I always find, uh, you know, because people always talk about how selfish divorce is, and it's like not, or suicide is, and it's like, it's not to the person that 
that's committing suicide. That's not where they're at. They oh. don't see it as selfishness. Oh, okay. They see it as doing the people around them a favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you affirm how fucked up they are by telling them how selfish they are, yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably shy away from that one. Yeah. I'd probably engage in vulnerability of identifying with some of the feelings that they're having that you have had Mm -hmm. and show the fuck up. It's not going to be done tomorrow. It's not going to be done Monday. It's not going to be done next Friday. Show the fuck up every day. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we've got to do for men is we got to show the fuck up for each other Mm -hmm. and we got to be there. What do you need from me? How can I support you? Yeah. Uh, You're not, you're not my patient. You're not, you're, you're my friend that I love and you need me to pull you right now. And I'm for damn sure going to need you to pull me at some point in time. Right. I'm asking cause you're my brother and I love you. Mm-hmm. Not any other reason. Yeah. And don't be afraid that you're going to mess it up. You know, being there is what mattered. Yeah, keep your fucking mouth shut, man. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Let them do the talking. Don't be afraid of what they're saying. It, you know, and I, I mean, I have to say this, and I, I will say this because it's, I mean, if you're truly concerned about somebody, you gotta call nine one one, and you gotta you've you've got to keep them from hurting themselves, and that that's factual. You know, I've I've been a therapist for 20 years and I'm very comfortable talking to people who have suicidal ideation. So I'm not assuming that that's, you know, that just because you listen to this podcast, you're like, well, I'm going to fucking go help her. It's, (laughs) I understand, you know, because 20 years ago I was terrified of the topic Mm -hmm. and would circumvent a conversation and say the wrong things just because I was so afraid of it. So I'm not expecting that as a result of listening to this, that you feel comfortable having that conversation. And I, I, I do call nine one one when I am concerned about people and it's, I'm unapologetic about that. Like I don't fucking care. You can be mad at me as long as you fucking, I don't care Mm -hmm. because you're still alive to be mad at me and I'll take that. So Call me whatever you need to call me, whatever that is. So if you're genuinely concerned and you've made an attempt to connect and you still have that concern, at the the end of the day, we have to get people to a safe place where they can't make a decision that they can't take back. Right, right. So that that absolutely uh, has to be done. They will not be happy about it, and that's okay. Because once they get through that personal logic with the confirmation bias that says, no, this is what I have to do and it's the only thing that I can do, they'll get to the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And when they get to the other side of that, they will be knocking on your door thanking you for having the courage to do what probably no one else had the courage to do. Yeah. But they ain't going to be happy in the short term. So don't right. don't expect that they're going to be like <laughs> yeah. sending you chocolates and Christmas cards. Yeah. And, you know, um, already gave one ball scratcher 
fucking merge. Just merge, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Just let... Okay. What... How much does it derail your life just to, like, let somebody merge in? Uh-huh. Am I off on this? Well, if you want to know the truth... There, Please, Yes! Clearly, I'm distressed okay, about okay. this. Okay, well, your point is is good, but there's a percent of people out there, like myself. There's less than fifteen percent of us that just prefer simplicity and order. So it's like, well, you know what? This plan will work if we all stay in the right lane. It works. Now, do zippers work? No, no, wait, wait. It's not a good plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like you said, you know, you have a mile of 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 the right lane. Right. But um, just emptiness. Yeah, but. It, in the left it, lane, it's just wide open. It's like, but, but it's got this random variable in it. Like, well, how far, where did that guy come from that just passed me in the left lane? I mean, he should be behind me. But I'm not <laughs> preventing you from getting in the fucking left I, lane. I, I, Join I, me. Not, I am your Robin Hood. <laughs> I'm not trying to argue the point. I'm just oh. saying that's where that's where that mindset comes from. It's like, let's just take the simplest route. Would you, Let's just all stay here. But it's curious to me what it is about human re- behavior, yeah, right, yeah. that would be that would have contempt towards me yes, yes. versus being inspired. Yeah. Like, oh, looky there. Yeah. That's a perfectly reasonable legal thing to do versus the sheep that are in line <laughs> going to slaughter. <laughs> Again, I will repeat, I am your Robin Hood. <laughs> anyway. Okay, that's good. So we got... Two, uh, I think I they're can't. two critical topics. Yes. I mean, I really do. Yeah. I could see how some would disagree. You cannot show up for somebody that you're concerned about in a wrong way if you're willing to go the distance and give them what they need. Now, if, if it's just a personal agenda, like you just want to go, you're concerned about them and you want to feel good about yourself, but it doesn't have a fucking thing to do with what they truly need, then you probably ought to stay at home. But when you know that somebody that you love is in need, and you know, here's an interesting thing that I have experienced in 20 years of therapy. I don't know how many guys, I'm a hugger. Okay. Um, I'm a conditional hugger. There are conditions, but we'll talk about <laughs> the conditions another time because you can't crack the code. I don't want to just be hugging everyone. <laughs> uh, but with my clients, right, and my male clients in particular, I, I'm a hugger. Okay. I, I do the behavior of hugging. I'm not an emotional hugger. I know that it's imperative. I know I need it, and I know they need it. Mm-hmm. In 20 years, I have never had a client not hug me back. Wow. And I'm not saying I want to d- delineate between letting me hug them mm-hmm. and hugging me back. Okay. They have yeah. always hugged me back. Wow. That's and amazing. It's weird to me that it's still not more comfortable than I wish it were. You know, it's yeah. still like that fucking early childhood shit where yeah. we'd rather punch each other than walk arm in arm. In arm. It's still just, it's still, there's a force there. Um, but physical touch, physical support is mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. And being there for somebody, you can't get that wrong. Just right. do it. Right, as long as you're being there for them and not your purposes. And th- yeah. again, we just this is a conversation that we just want to start having 
because it's not a conversation that we are having and it's not a conversation that we're comfortable having. So if you have, first of all, if you're in that place where you've got that personal logic where the confirmation bias is kicked in and the only thing that you can see are reasons why you should, if I could find you, I'd find you. I can't, but the only thing that we can do is be available to you message us. Please get in touch with us because I can personally say I have been in that place where it seemed like that was the only way out. And there is a way out and that path leads to a fulfillment in life that you probably can't even imagine at this point. And there's not anything that we wouldn't do, but you got to let us know so that we can be there in the way that you need us to. And second, if you know somebody Absolutely. that you see there, just be there for them. Be there and, for them. And be vulnerable enough to make mistakes and show you mistakes. And be it, honest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's we got to get comfortable talking about it because we are way too good at killing ourselves. We don't talk about it. We just go do it. And that's a trend that we want to change. All right. Well, you did put your shaman hat on today. Did I? I? Yes, you did. I know wow, you didn't want to. look at to. that. It was unintentional, I promise <laughs> yeah. you. Well, I think with, with all the uh, emotional uh, vomiting <laughs> that you but did. You, you think that made room for... Yeah, yeah, you're like, okay, maybe I can be a shaman because I know something that 90% of the drivers don't even know. Yeah, and if you're listening and you got some fucking, <laughs> like, I'm missing something about the merge, like... Please let me know, because I, I can't fucking sit in that line. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, all right, man. Becoming Man-Made Today. Becoming Man-Made Today. Yeah, that's on Facebook. And then Man-Made. Are you man? I don't. Dude, I can't. <laughs> we got a website, too. Yeah, huh? yeah. I'm sorry. Becomingmanmade.com. Becomingmanmade.com. So you can get to us through that and give us the five stars. Is that right? Yep. And if you're ready for a deeper dive, contact us and we will take you to the deep end of the pool. Mm -hmm. Until right. then, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Hey.